If you're a general contractor, a subcontractor, or an owner, you want your jobs to be on time and on budget. And that means working with Autodesk Construction Cloud, software that lets your team design, plan, build, and operate from office to field. It means getting end-to-end solutions, seeing project data in real time, and preventing problems before they happen. Trusted on over 2 million construction jobs around the world. Build with Autodesk Construction Cloud. Try it free today at construction.autodesk.com. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Carol serves as the executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She's a member of the Ray's Family Caregiving Advisory Council under the Department of Health and Human Services. And not long ago, they sent their comprehensive recommendations on caregiving to Congress. She's got a master's degree in social gerontology, over 25 years experience in the field of aging and caregiving. And she's one of Next Avenue's top 50 influencers on aging. And Carol, we've got a topic today that we really haven't touched on before, and that is the uh, information that caregivers should know about feet. Well, you know, and it's a great topic because so many caregivers are caring for someone who may have diabetes, who may not, uh, may be somewhat uh, frail and doesn't get around a lot. Uh, They've got to do a lot of hygiene care. There are all kinds of things that you can learn about your feet. So I am so happy that Dr. Corey Wallace is joining us today. Well, indeed, that's a good way to introduce her. Dr. Wallace uh, is local, grew up in Cibolo, Texas, was an athletic trainer in high school, and that raised her interest in the field of sports medicine. She went to Texas A&M for undergraduate work in nutrition. And because of her undergrad studies, mainly focusing on diabetics, she realized there was a need to address it and soon found her calling. Dr. Wallace, is a doctor of podiatry medicine and is a specialist here in San Antonio, Texas, uh, with over 12 years experience in the field. She graduated from Temple University, Pennsylvania College of Podiatric Medicine in 2010, and she's been with WellMed for over six years. And I discovered something, although uh, in the category of things that you don't need to know, but I'll share it with you. She is my own personal podiatrist. And I discovered something about Corey. I had no idea. She enjoys crafting, which... Uh, I, I guess of the list of things I would have thought you'd do, uh, I, I wouldn't have put crafting. So you make tiny little birdhouses? <laughs> I usually cross-stitch, make mums, do things like that. Oh, no that's cool. cross-stitch. Cross-stitch is fantastic. <laughs> yes. There are ways to well, escape my two small children. <laughs> and it uh, is great for eye-hand coordination as well, I would think. Yes. So talk to us about what a caregiver ought to be doing to make sure that the person they're caring for's feet are doing what they're supposed to do. So feet are something that get overlooked a lot. So especially like Carol said, with a diabetic, if they can't feel their feet, it's hard for them to tell you there's a problem. Um, also, if you're caring for somebody who has a problem communicating with you, communicating that their feet are hurting is a long way from usually what they can point to easily. Um, And so it's important to actually sit down and look at the feet. We encourage our diabetics to inspect their feet every day. 
Now, the realistic part of it is it probably doesn't happen every day, but there's lots of ways to make it happen as often as possible. So we encourage people to check the tops of their feet. That's usually the easiest because they can see them, um, but also between your toes and uh, on the bottoms of your feet are really important. If, if who you're caring for is bed bound, it's really important to check their heels and make sure that there's no color changes. And that's really what we're looking for. We're looking for things that weren't there yesterday, weren't there last week. So is there color changes? Is there callus formation? Is there a buildup of tissue that wasn't there before? Has their toenail turned black? Those types of things are things that we want you to bring to our attention whenever you come into the office. And someone has said to me, for people who live alone, uh, to check the bottom of your feet, uh, maybe get some of those mirror tiles and put one or two on the mm -hmm. floor next to your bed. So when you get up, you can see the bottom of your feet. Yep. Mirrors work wonders, especially for underneath your feet. Um, and if you don't have somebody that's with you all the time, I tell people to take your socks off and tell your family, I love you. Look at my feet <laughs> whenever they come by to see you. That's right. That's, you know, and every family member loves that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> of course they do, but that's okay. And one, you know, one of the issues that a lot of people have is how in the world to cut their toenails. So we encourage people to cut their toenails straight across. If you can cut them, if you can't cut them. We provide nail technician services in our clinic, but also if you qualify, you can see a podiatrist um, in the outside world and in our clinics, because what we want to be on the lookout for is any changes to that. So if you're diabetic, it's a good idea to see a podiatrist, have them trim your toenails and kind of educate you in person on how to do that properly. If it's something that you can do on your own, they'll turn you loose and let you do that. And if not, then they'll have you come in for regular visits to where they can help you. If you well, joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air, I'm on air, and along with our co-host uh, uh, Carol Zerniel, and we're talking on our Caregiver SOS on air hotline with Dr. Corey Wallace. She is a podiatrist here in San Antonio, and we're talking about what you need to know about your feet. Carol, it did mean to jump on you. No, I am sorry. I jumped on you, but I, you know, one time I, I went for a pedicure and my mother went with me and I said, oh, mother, would you like to get a pedicure? And the lady that worked there absolutely went berserk. No, 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 no. I don't do older people's feet. No, 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 not doing it. Not doing it. No, no, no. So why was she so afraid of my mother's feet? Their skin gets really frail and they're scared that they're going to do something to them. Some places, some places are happy to see them. Um, and that's the problem. There's not a whole lot of regulation to those uh, pedicurist places. You stick your feet in a body of water. If you have a cut on your skin, you're exposing yourself to everything that's in their water and everything that's in those filters in those machines. So it's not advised for diabetics to go get pedicures. And I figure most of them assume that most older people are diabetic. So they just don't want to do it all, all together. Well, if you were on a blood thinner, would that be a reason you would want to be super careful with your feet? Definitely. Anytime that you're on a blood thinner, you run the risk of having increased bleeding, right? So we don't want you to have cuts and those types of things that are unnecessary or that are in an uncontrolled environment. Now, as one who from time to time gets ingrown toenails, until I discovered you, I used to dig them out myself. And I would go into those corners and just dig and dig and dig, which I gather, Dr. Wallace, is not recommended. 
it's not. You're very true, very correct. The the more recommended way to do it is either to have them surgically removed, which can be done inside the office where we numb your toe and take out part or all of your toenail, or you come in three or four times throughout the year for some maintenance. And we do a very specific type of cut that relieves the pain and allows the nail to grow and push back the skin as it grows. It really depends on your nail shape and your foot shape, if what which options are options for you. Carol winced when you said dig out that toenail. I uh, if, and I guess the answer is people are different, that not every toenail grows the same on every foot. Very true. So not every toenail is the same. And the bigger problem is, is not everybody heals the same. So the same thing you do for one person, you definitely wouldn't do for another. And the diabetes and blood thinners and hypertension and those types of things all play into that. Now, having experienced your special carving on my toenail, uh, what you did was really uh, carve a big V. You cut out both sides of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I gather that reduces the pressure on the ingrown nails. It does. It releases the pressure along the sides of the nails and that allows you to be pain-free for a longer period of time. And then what about removing the nail? Do, do you need a toenail? Why do we have them? So they get, were given to us, you know, generations ago to protect <laughs> the bone of the distal tuff of the toe. Do we need them? Not as much now as we did many hundreds of years ago um, because we wear shoes most of the time. Um, so we, we need them to protect the bone of the end of the toe, but with shoe gear, we were very protected. Now, at the same time, we don't take them out just for fun. So we do take them out when it's necessary, but we try to leave people's toenails intact because it does give you some kind of insurance plan on your toes. And if you and take you- them out, they never grow back. Depends on what we do. So we can let them grow back or we can put a chemical in to where they won't grow back. They can kill the nail bed. Yep. We kill the cells that are actually growing the nail and pushing in the In layman's out. terms. <laughs> exactly. You this pour some silver sulfate in there. On the radio, I'm wincing again. <laughs> you are wincing. <laughs> exactly. And is it common, the so-called ingrown toenail? Is that something uh, that in your practice you see a lot of? We see a lot of more incurved toenails. So toenails that are C-shaped and they're pushing down on the toe causing pain. People come in and say, I have an ingrown toenail. The, the toenail itself is not actually ingrown. It's not underneath the skin, which is a typical ingrown toenail, but it hurts the same because that C-shape is pushing down on the skin of the toe. I want to talk about some of the other issues with our feet that you treat and what we should look for. You had mentioned a variety of uh, different issues that a caregiver should look for in their care recipient's feet. And let's go through some of the more common. uh, And I want to begin uh, with uh, corns. Yeah. So corns and calluses are common and we really get concerned about them when they change colors. We don't want people going after their feet with a razor blade at home. We would prefer you use a pumice stone or a skin file to be more general and more um, gentle with the debridements. And how do corns differ from bone spurs? They're very different. So a corn or a callus is a skin condition. 
and a bone spur, it may be the cause. So they may have a bone spur that's rubbing and that's causing a callus or a corn, but the corns and calluses can come from lots of different reasons. All right, now stay with us a minute. We're going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zernio, our co-host, and Dr. Corey Wallace is with us, a podiatrist here in Bear County in San Antonio. And we're talking about everything you ought to know about your feet and a whole lot more. Thanks for being with us on Caregiver SOS On Air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. Well, we appreciate you sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we're talking with Corey Wallace. She's a doctor of podiatry medicine, and as a podiatrist, she can tell us everything we need to know about our feet and as a caregiver, our feet and our care recipients' feet. And we were talking about corns. What about bunions? I can remember as a kid growing up, my grandma Tamarkin uh, had these huge growths on the side of her feet. And the way the family treated it, they simply cut holes in her shoes so it didn't pinch on her bunions. What is a bunion? So a bunion is an abnormality of your bone that causes the first metatarsal, so the bone right behind your big toe, to move towards the other foot and your big toe to move away from the other foot, which gives you a big bump on the inside of your foot. So there's lots of ways to fix them. Our practice is, is that if it doesn't hurt, we don't fix it. So your grandma's probably didn't hurt. And so they just cut holes in her shoes to relieve the pressure and she didn't have any problems and that's fine. But if a bunion becomes painful, you have to fix it surgically. So there's not any over-the-counter magical cures, unfortunately. They have to be fixed with surgery. And there's lots of different options from small, minor surgeries and to much larger ones have recoveries from anywhere from two to six weeks. But it really depends on how big your bunion is. I tell my patients saying I have a bunion is like saying I have a dog. Well, do you have a Chihuahua or do you have a Great Dane? They're very different dogs. You might have very different bunions. Well, I'm impressed that Ron knows all of the different foot disorders. So that must be from being a patient. Um, But thinking of things that also make me wince, what about as a caregiver, when you look down and are startled by either that really thick toenail, that's a really weird color, um, or you notice what looks like, let's say, athlete's foot, and you're wondering, ooh, I live here too. Is that, am I going to get that? Or is my toenail going to get that funny look? So the things I've described, what are they and are they contagious? Right. So thick toenails can come from two main things. One is trauma. So if you drop a can of beans on your toenail, it will most likely grow back thicker. But a fungus is also very common. So if a toenail has fungus in it, it is contagious. It's not overly contagious. It's not if you touch their toenail, you're going to get it. But 
over time, you could develop the infection. Athlete's foot is more contagious because it's a skin infection rather than a toenail infection. Um, and they can be treated with over-the-counter antifungal treatments. So the toenail ones take much longer. So you have to apply them every day for a year. And the over-the-counter ones work about 25% of the time. The over-the-counter uh, treatments for athlete's foot work much better. They work probably about 70% of the time. And it's creams on your feet and spray between your toes. You don't want to put a cream between your toes. Sprays or powders between your toes. But it's also important that you treat any surface that you walk on at home barefoot, including the shower or the bathtub. And the bathroom floor are the most common that we have problems with. And you also want to treat their shoes. So you can treat them by either washing them in the washing machine once a week, or you can spray them with Lysol and allow them to dry overnight. Listen, you talk about showers. That's why in uh, high school, for example, athletes foot spreads through the entire school uh, for the kids who take gym class, right? Yes, that's exactly how it goes. So you don't well, want to do that in your own home. That's why, that's why people invented shower shoes, right? Yes, exactly. When I was a kid growing up in Cleveland, my first job was a toe checker at a public swimming pool. And so I got to see a whole lot of stuff between toes. Wow. Why we were you have, checking toes? I would say we didn't have a toe checker at my swimming pool. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and they didn't really train you. They just said, if you see something that doesn't look right, Tell them they can't come in the pool. See something, oh, say wow. something, get them out of the pool. <laughs> exactly. It was a heck of a job. I, I didn't last long. I wouldn't have lasted long at that age. No, absolutely not. Well, when you think about the other issues uh, that happen with feet, a lot of people have pain on the bottom of their feet and self-diagnose. Uh, it's got to be something, right? Mm-hmm. So usually if you have pain in the bottom of your heel, people self-diagnose with a heel spur, and that's usually not the problem. Usually the problem is plantar fasciitis, and we can treat that conservatively without any needles, without any surgery, by getting some supportive shoe gear, some supportive arch support that can go into your shoes, along with stretching before you ever get out of bed in the morning, along with several stretches throughout the day. And then you can use, um, recently Voltaren went over the counter, which is Diclofenac gel. It's an arthritis gel. It works really well in the feet because the structures are not very deep. And so people can use that. And they can also come into the office and we can give them all of those instructions in writing, in addition to we can do heel injections that are very helpful. And what is plantar fasciitis? So plantar fasciitis is an irritation of the plantar fascia. It sounds like a really fancy term. However, it is not. Plantar means the bottom of the foot and fascia is just a thin band of tissue. And so the plantar fascia is a thin band of tissue on the bottom of your foot. Itis is inflammation. So it's inflamed and it's angry. So you have to rest it. The problem with feet is we get up and walk on them every day. So your body, when you have plantar fasciitis, you go to bed at night and your feet kind of point down and the plantar fascia gets shorter and your body's like, awesome, I can heal this. 
and it goes to work trying to heal it, trying to make it better. And then we get up six to eight hours later, put our feet on the floor, and we've done all the damage again. And so the pain starts over, the body has to start over, and it starts the cycle all over again. I know every once in a while, a basketball player will come down with plantar fasciitis, uh, and, and they'll say, well, he plays through it, or she plays through it, uh, and yet it hurts every step you take. Right. Usually, true plantar fasciitis will actually get better as it warms up, and that's why they can play through it, because it only really hurts them at the beginning of the game. Oh. Um, and it'll be sore at the end of the game, but during the game, they don't really notice that it's a problem. See, that's interesting. Here I was thinking, man, are they tough, <laughs> right? No. Right, but no, they they want you to think that. Uh, and then on the way back of your foot is your Achilles tendon. And I know some people have problems with that from time to time. Is that something you treat? Absolutely. That's another problem, just kind of like plantar fasciitis. You can get Achilles tendonitis. So same principle of the grammatical sort. Itis means inflammation. Your Achilles tendon is inflamed at the insertion site, which is at the back of your heel. This can come from lots of different issues. One of them is a weekend warrior. If you sit around your house all week and then on the weekend you go out and play basketball with your friends that are 20 years younger than you, you might irritate your Achilles tendon. And so it gets inflamed and it's hard to heal because we use it on a daily basis with every step and every walk. So the same kind of principles are true. We rest, ice, stretch, those types of things. Achilles tendonitis is a lot more difficult usually to treat because it is the largest, longest, strongest tendon in your body. And so it usually requires real rest with a boot or a walker type sort. What's the purpose? What does that Achilles tendon do? It makes it to where it pulls your heel up and points your toes down. So it's really important through your walking cycle that it helps push off the floor. It helps push the ball of your foot down, push your foot off the floor to the next step. And then what do you recommend in the way of shoe gear for people to wear? Uh, that is, uh, and, and I know for women, uh, one of the issues always is uh, how destructive heels can be uh, to their feet. Right. So we suggest that people wear, especially if your feet are hurting, that you wear an athletic type shoe. My personal preferences are New Balance Asics and Brooks. They're all good, firm shoes that are built uh, for people that are having foot problems. So we like to have you in a lace-up or a Velcro-type shoe. All of my diabetics' shoes are Velcro or lace shut because it's important not to be in a slide-on shoe because if you think about it, if you're sliding your shoe on, your foot is sliding in that shoe all day long. And you don't recommend that? No, that's not good for you. That's not giving you any stability. And so we want to give you as much stability as we can. Carol was wincing again. Well, I was wincing, but I was also, you know, the urgent question is, are the high heels really bad? So the women that we see with the super high heels, like on the award shows recently, are those bad for you? They're really bad for you. <laughs> Unfortunately, genetics works for some people and against others. So there's some people who can wear them easier. However, if they're worn on a regular basis, it gives you a shortening of your Achilles tendon. It can end up causing you to have a, a chronic pain to the ball of your foot called metatarsalgia. 
And it can also cause you to have bunions and hammer toes long-term. Well, it's not a natural pose for your foot, is it? Absolutely not. So it's natural to have a small heel, like maybe a half inch, two inches is a lot. And anything more than that's way too much. And then what about for men who choose not to wear heels? What should they be wearing? I was about to say, if you're you're wearing a heel, that's fine. (laughs) Um, So again, a a sneaker type shoe is our preference. If you're going to wear boots, lace-up boots are better if you're having a foot issue. But if you're going to wear a slide-on boot, you want to make sure that it's fitting you snugly. And we always advise that people buy shoes at the end of the day because that's when your feet are the most swollen. There you go. That's the best advice all day but from the doctor. End of the day shoe buying. And, and then uh, finally, before we let you go, let's come back to the beginning. Uh, what are the, some of the things we should look for? And when do we know we need to see you? So we really want to see patients when there's a problem that a caregiver or a patient can't take care of on their own. If your toenails are so thick that you need help, let us know. But also, if you've noticed any skin color changes, those can be big deals, right? So we're not always looking for skin cancer. Maybe we're looking at um, an ulceration or a, a problem that's brewing under the skin that we could identify early rather than having a bigger problem later on. So if it hurts and you can't fix it at home, go see Dr. Corey Wallace. That's right. Hey, I thank you for coming on. We are flat out of time. Really appreciate it. Dr. Wallace and uh, uh, her folks uh, help people deal with their feet. And for caregivers, good information for you as well. For Carol Zerniel and for Dr. Corey Wallace, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org. Over 2 million construction jobs around the world are taking their projects to the next level, from roadways to railways, from skyscrapers to homes. Make your vision a reality. Build with Autodesk Construction Cloud. Try it free today at construction.autodesk.com.